How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. The afternoon show. The police of 670, the score. Afternoons on the score. Jacksonville was down 27 to nothing. And here we go. Man. Matisic, the snapper. Cook, the holder. Patterson sweeps the leg. 36-yard attempt. It is good! (laughs) Jacksonville wins it! The Jaguars down 27 points come from behind. The roar of the Jaguars is real. 31 to 30, the final. That, the call from Westwood One when the Jaguars came back. And beat the Chargers on Saturday night. It's Spiegs with you here. Parkins and Spiegel on the score. Man, what a great, crazy NFL wildcard weekend. Unbelievable. The super wildcard weekend with the six games. There's one more game to get to tonight. Dallas and Tampa, which we'll talk about a little bit in the 5 o'clock hour. But that's Saturday game, man. Um... I must confess that I did not watch the bulk of that game. I was out to birthday dinner with my wife, but I heard and read the pervasive criticism for one Al Michaels, who I've been critical of all year long, as he has had such disdain for the Thursday night Amazon primetime, Amazon Prime uh, football schedule. And then I went back and watched the second half of that game on Sunday morning. And that man's energy was really, really low. And it was rough, as a lot of people commented on in real time Saturday night. A lot of people tweeting about it. This is an exciting game. And at the very, very least, you don't have to be Gus Johnson. Not everybody has to be Gus Johnson. But hot damn. You're doing an NFL game. You're doing a playoff game, let alone an exciting comeback. Can you please have it feel like you want to be there? Please have it feel like you're interested in the great opportunity you have to be there for the game. As opposed to what the vibe has been for Michaels, which is that the game better live up to his standards. And you know that's been the vibe all season long on Thursday night. We on this show have played myriad examples of him on a Thursday night ripping the quality of the game. And a lot of people like that. I think it sounds really bad and really cheesy and really crass and really demeaning to your audience who's actually watching the game and hoping to be entertained. Um, and, you know, that on that stuff you could go either way. But here we are in a playoff game, and he's on NBC, and he's with Tony Dungy, 
who importantly has a very quiet, laid back style as well. So you don't really have a blend. You don't have somebody excitable next to Michael, somebody who is excited to be there. You've got two guys of similar style. But if you missed it, okay, if you missed it, here's Michaels and Dungey in a couple of key moments from the game. Here's Al Michaels' call of the game-winning field goal. And this would be the third largest and create one long transcontinental flight home for the Chargers. Meanwhile, Jacksonville can set their sights likely on Kansas City. Here we go for the win. Got it, but there's a flag down. There's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field, but there's a penalty marker. Offside. Defense number 26. And they call it on the defense. Unbelievable. Uh, that, that is unbelievable. Boots them into the divisional round. Ho-hum. Ho-hum. It's just Al doing his standard, very solid patter. Now, look, Al used to be the best. Al is one of the greatest of all time. It's the Miracle on Ice guy. Oh, and more than that, just as a football guy, he's been the voice of, of my generation, you know, and, and he's been the best was the best for a long time. It's no longer the case, and we all know this, but it was a very sleepy and low-energy broadcast. Um, Here is a moment earlier when the Chargers fail to get a third and 13 conversion, which sets up the Jaguars with a chance to have a game-winning drive. So that's the thing. If you're actually watching the game, the entire second half, there are huge moments where the Chargers are not converting where the Jaguars are converting. Earlier, there's the Jaguars' long pass for a touchdown to cut it to 10 points. And he's like, oh, yeah. But they, but I thought that one was okay. I did not. I thought Maybe pick, I'm thinking of the Christian Kirk one then. Yeah, maybe the Kirk was okay. The long one to Zay Jones, he was like, well, they picked a good time to run that play. Okay, great. Thanks, And you know, at that point, it's still a 10-point game. No, eh? man, you're within 10. This is a ball game. I, how, yeah, how yeah about, you're right, you're right, you're how, right. I'm how, with you. How about when the Chargers dude misses the field goal? So it's not just 13, it's only 10. That means your touchdown and field goal. Come on, Al, we're starting to get into it. We're thinking this might be possible. And he's like, it's just the uh, second field goal he's missed all year. It's like, no, no, tell me why it matters. Sell it to me, Al. Here's the, here's the Chargers failing on third and 13, which sets up the Jags with an opportunity. Four minutes to go. Herbert throws, and it is juggled and caught, but stopped well short of the first down. Now here's the thing. If you isolated that play in a moment, and you didn't know the situation, where would you think that play happened in the game? Second quarter. Yeah. That's right. fourth quarter, four minutes to go. And to, set, and to set up the Jags with a chance. Play it again. Play it again. That's crazy. There's nothing there. Ah, oh, man. Four minutes to go. Herbert throws, and it is juggled. And caught, but stopped well short of the first down. That's regular season, first quarter, field conversion. I have a theory. I have a very, uh, I have a big factor as to why Al is struggling so much. You hear it on every single play. He's having a very hard time identifying the receivers. This has happened all year. And you hear him pausing, buying time, as he did right there. He'll talk about, and he hits his man, and that man 
Is Joshua Kelly, like whatever. He's pausing buying time as he struggles to ID the man with the ball. He knows it's important, but for whatever reason, he just can't do it for some reason. Once you realize he's doing this, you won't unhear it because it's every single play, and it's usually not until well after the play is done when there's a tackle and the guy gets up and turns around and Al can see it. Um, here he is, Gerald Everett. This is what? This is third quarter. And Gerald Everett, number seven, the tight end. And how dare these guys use their wacky single-digit numbers. This is Gerald Everett making a catch for the Chargers. Four and a half to go in the quarter. Flipping out here with some blocking two. And once again, big number seven rumbling to the 31-yard line. Gerald Everett, who's really picked it up tonight. That is about nine seconds, maybe not nine seconds. That's a lot of seconds after Gerald Everett has caught the ball that he's telling you Gerald Everett has the ball. It's every single play. And at that point, shouldn't you know that seven is Gerald Everett? I, something's going on here. Either, either A, Michaels is not studying the rosters as he used to, and his disdain for the matchups in the regular season makes that somewhat believable. His established presence as a man up top. But this is the freaking playoffs, man. So it's either he's not studying the rosters and knowing it cold like he needs to, or he can't see the number. He can't see the number and identify it. Something is off, whether it's the quickness and the facility of his brain. That's not where it once was as the man is 78. I don't know. But I'm telling you, play after play, he sounds like a guy trying to survive identifying players with some fear and it's dominating his thoughts because he knows how important it is to tell you who has made the catch. He knows how important it is to tell you which player is making a tackle, but he's struggling for it and he sounds his usual solid, consistent self as he's struggling for it. it, it but it doesn't allow for energy. It doesn't allow for context. Can you grab the Mike Tirico call of the fumble return for a touchdown again? I, I, I'm telling you, there's like there, there's a quickness with which Tirico identifies everybody. And the very good broadcasters identify everybody. And then the best know something about the player to then tell you about the player and add to that. And then they can just be legitimate, excited to make the call and talk about it. Listen to Tirico on the game-changing play last night for the Bengals. Right around Hundley, he reaches, oh, that ball's out, that's live! Back the other way, Sam Hubbard! The Cincinnati kid, Hubbard's got a convoy! Chased by Andrews! At the 30, the 20, he will score! Now, I have in the past been um, ho-hum on Tariko. I have grown to really, really like Tariko. There is an energy, there's an excitement, because he's happy to be there. He's super psyched to be there. There, very quickly, he identifies the defensive lineman Hubbard as having the ball. Like, instantly. Could have been Trey Hendrickson, another white defensive lineman for the Bengals. It could have been a, 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 any number of people. But he's very quickly, he has it Hubbard. And he says the Cincinnati kid, he knows that about him. So it's just like memorizing the freaking rosters. I don't know if Al's not memorizing the rosters or if his spotter isn't really helping him do the work that he needs to. It's 
And there rough. is something, I think, to having a good spotter. I know Jeff Joniak always gives a ton of credit to his spotter. I know. Right? Yes. So, like, there is something to that. But this is just, uh, it's a matter of sometimes, I had a broadcasting professor that always told me, you got to sell the cheese. Sell the cheese, Adam, right? Mm-hmm. Al Michaels isn't selling it to me. No. He doesn't make me want to be there. No. So, so you've got the excitement level that's not there. You've got the passion that's not there. And you've got a difficulty in identifying the players and spotting the players. And I know that there are people that do that job for him, the spotter's job. I don't know if he's got a different spotter now with Amazon, but he's back with NBC and he's had his guy, Fred Goodelli, who has been his guy forever. Fred Goodelli, the producer, that was his last game last night. He used to do Monday Night Football. Then he invented Sunday Night Football in the very first broadcast with Al and with Madden, John Madden, way back in the day. And now he's been with Al at Amazon. So, look, Al Michaels told the New York Post, I must have gotten 100 texts from folks who were very happy to see me back on NBC. I read some comments that we didn't sound excited enough. That's internet compost. You know me as well as anyone, he said to Andrew Marshan of the New York Post. No screaming, no yelling, no hollering. It's television. Ellipses and captions are sufficient when pictures tell the story. I get you, Al, but it's the freaking playoffs. Could you make it seem like you actually love it and want to be there? And by the way, you had an epic comeback and you undersold it terribly. Rough, rough night for a legend. 670, the score is where you are. It's Matt Spiegel here. Speak solo on Parkins and Spiegel. Let's check in out of town with two of the most interesting games from over the weekend. Minnesota later in the hour, San Francisco to start the hour. As we talk NFL playoffs, Will Purdue in one hour on the Bulls on Parkins and Spiegel on the score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.